welcome to the jungle. We've just come off a victory, 71-58 over the Murray State Racers, who were 10-1 and coming into this game. So a good team, a good victory. Uh, we've officially gotten through at a conference play without having to do a loss podcast, which I very much enjoy. We did a, a full wrap for Atlanta, so we didn't actually have to come in and do a, a loss after that UConn double OT. And we're also undefeated through regulation right now. Uh, Matt, who was your MVP for this game? I love the undefeated through regulation stat. Thank you for throwing that in. So I actually, this is different. You're not going to like this, but I, I do think we need to have a conversation about this before we just throw out MVPs because uh, Wendell Green seemed like the obvious choice and he probably still is, but uh, Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler made it interesting down the stretch. Those are the three guys I'm looking at. What do you think? They made it complicated, man. We've got a lot of great players on this team. We've talked about how how deep this team is. Everyone's talking about how deep this team is. We kind of have, I think we talked about last podcast, we have five guys. We feel good to go off for 20 at any night. And it looks like right now we're not letting people go off for 20 every night because we're spreading it all around and everyone's playing great. Everybody's playing great ball. And I, you know, yeah, we talked about it in text messages that window would be our MVP probably when he was going off. But then you look at Walker Kessler at 13 points and seven blocks, seven. He was on double, double alert there for a minute for blocks and then on top of that seven rebounds he just alters the game all together and then you got Jabari of course just casually always with these double doubles you know like he just makes it look so easy he kind of disappeared at parts this game so I'm not going to give him the MVP maybe because we hold him too hot to too high of a standard but in a game like this where it's all spread around maybe the, the like kind of putting over the edge thing is big time plays and when Wendell Green hit a beyond half court three like that's the got to be the moment of the game. And that's why he's getting the MVP. Okay. Yeah. I mean that it was that, that moment was, which I saw some people on Twitter a little confused. That was an end of shot clock. Like he didn't just take that, you know, he, he had to take it, but, but he went into it so confidently and stared it down after it left his hand. It was awesome. And, and, and he realized he had made a mistake by, he was letting the ball bounce a little bit. I think he th- thought he had more time and then he realized it made up for it. And it was a swish, no doubt. I think he thought that the ball had just gone back behind uh, half court, that it wasn't tipped. And then he like kind of let it go. Like one of those, like, man, I can't believe we were about to have a turnover. I don't want to touch the ball. And then I, I guess someone yelled or the crowd got into it. And it's like, no, it's tipped, it's tipped. He ran down there and got it and ran back. And he might have had like one more second left, but he stopped right for that half court, threw it up, nothing but net. They showed the replays. He's like staring the ball down and then turning around like, Man, we talked about those long threes, and I think he's officially with that one. He's winning the battle right now with Cambridge Alley-Oops, that the long window threes are the game changers. Um, It's hard to argue against it. He controlled the entire offensive flow of this game in the second half. I believe he had zero or two points in the first half, and then he he did a little bit of everything. He had a beautiful uh, little runner with a left-hand finish um that was short he he got a lot of assists he only ended up with two assists but he the thing I love about Wendell is he pushes the pace at all times but he does it pretty under control he had a couple turnovers but I just thought his energy he opened up the offense after a few stretches tonight and we'll talk about it but there were some turnovers issues tonight for the first time in a while for this team I I, I'm not going to argue with Wendell it's just hilarious that Jabari Smith can go 12 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, and, you know, shoot 40% from three. And we're like, yeah, you know. And Kessler, seven blocks, like you said. He's, you know, Auburn is number one in the country in blocks, and we blew that number out with 11 um, in this game. So 
with Wendell, it wasn't only like it makes it sound like if you didn't watch the game, they were talking about his offense and his shooting and that one big three that's really putting it over. But the 10 rebounds is also yeah. humongous. And uh, like he wouldn't be in this conversation if it wasn't for the 10 rebounds. And I think what happened was we talked last game about how we got blown out in rebounds against St. Louis. So I think they got in the ears of these guards and I was listening to some other podcast maybe or some comments online. They were talking about a big reason we missed out on these rebounds because the bigs were doing their job, but the guards were going on fast breaks immediately. Every time the, the ball started getting bounced around, they immediately turned to try to get that fast break. And it, I think they've kind of turned that around this game and the bigs really like block guys out. And if they didn't get the rebound, Wendell Green or whoever the guards were crashing in there too. And last game, those balls kind of bounced around and St. Louis picked them up. This time we picked them up each time. And then this also kind of brings it. So he got those 10 rebounds and he got that like insane three. And right after that, Leo Berman had an, a, like a crazy bank three. And, you, you know, there's a lot of nights where the ball just doesn't go your way. That St. Louis game even felt like that a little bit. There's going to be several of those games this year. And we're really quick to say during those games that, well, we lost. We didn't play that bad. The ball just didn't go our way. I think we need to acknowledge when it goes the other way. The balls went our way this game. Like we, the, goal, the balls go your way a lot more when you're playing really well. But there was a half court three, that bank three. It felt like we picked up a lot of balls that were just hanging around. And that's because we were crashing them. But I think it's good to acknowledge sometimes when Absolutely. it's your night, you know. And, and not just that, you know, uh, Murray State missed some crucial free throws in the first half. Mm -hmm. I thought a lot of the loose balls kind of just ended up in our hands or, or we had a couple, couple breaks. And, you know, that happens. Uh, let's talk about – I'm good with Wendell, by the way. Wendell can officially be our MVP. Wendell, you are the MVP. You will get the app on Instagram that they do not care about, but I care about. <laughs> it builds <laughs> up over them. time. We might look up one day, and if Wendell keeps playing like this, he could be in that top three MVP, you know. Some of them uh, some of them care. We're getting reposted sometimes. Shout true, out to the Jungle um, Instagram page if you aren't following that. I just want to point out – you know, this Murray State team, it's getting talked about because Bruce does an incredible job of building these narratives with his press conferences. So, And going Murray, on podcasts like John Rothstein's podcast, which follow that one. If you're following this one, he's yeah. probably the best college basketball reporter. We're hoping I live in New York and uh, he lives in New York. One day I'm going to find him and shake his hand and get a, a, a gorilla reporting uh, interview where I like ask him questions on the street. You know? We love John. Um, and, and I've liked John for years. And he's kind of famous now. He does the welcome to the jungle basket tweet every time Auburn wins. Um, he does that with other teams too. But uh, anyway, so Murray State is 43rd in the net rankings right now. And we kind of did this the other day with St. Louis. I thought a really cool graphic um, that I wasn't even aware of. And I kind of want to fact check a little bit. And it looks like it's correct. Okay, I think I, I take a picture sometimes of these graphics when they I did too. Get up on the screen. I, I saw that one too. I don't know if I saved it or not. Nope, I didn't know about didn't this one right here. Down. I'm showing you right now on the screen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. So we're, we might put this episode up on YouTube. So this might be the first time it's actually useful to look at this kind of stuff. But, um, you know, Auburn has played five teams in the top 70 in the net in the non-conference. UConn was one. They're 17 right now. So that's our only loss. Loyola Chicago is 14. Uh, UCF is 49, which kind of surprised me. And then St. Louis is 70, which we saw how good that team was Loyola, uh, Chicago one's pretty surprising 17 you're not getting the I mean they're getting 14. a lot more respect 14 yep they're getting a lot more respect these days from uh the runs they've made and they just seem to really well, build the program but and to be clear you know net is just it's metrics it's analytics it's um but it's the it, one that matters right it's the one that matters so 
that means Loyal's played a good schedule and they have some good wins is what that means. But Murray they're State really they're shooting really well from three. We saw that Loyola went off on three in the first half first, and then we slowed them up later in that game. If I was looking through stats today, sitting on the mat, uh, Loyola's like top ten right now in three point shooting. So you know we did good we'll, to slow them down. We'll get into this more as we get you know closer to March. But um, this is a right now it's a quad one win, which are the best kind of wins you can get. This is a team that is ahead of North Carolina right now in the net. Kentucky is like. A, a 10 spots ahead of them, 12 spots ahead of them. Beat, so this is a Memphis. great win. They beat Memphis. They lost to East Tennessee State, which throws everything off. But they're now 10-2. and two, And, I mean, that's pretty impressive going through out of conference no matter who you're playing. So it's and a I good win. Like you're right. Bruce Bruce really hyped this one up going in, that this is going to be a tough one. We knew St. Louis, too, was going to be a tough one. He's done a great job of keeping people motivated. He won't have to work as hard to keep them motivated come SEC play. The SEC's. Uh, we'll talk more about the SEC in our preview, but we can talk more. So, talk Wendell. Go ahead. What, what about what about Flanagan? Let's talk about Flanagan. This was the triumphant return. What were your thoughts watching him back on the court again? He's back, like Cam Newton out here. Uh, he was fine. You know, they they tried to play limited minutes with him. Uh, I thought for sure he would come in. We do pretty quick changes out there playing ten guys, and he played uh, twice in a row through a TV timeout. And I was surprised to see that in his first possession. I think he ended up playing like six minutes in the first half. So it's probably just that first time he came in through the TV timeout to the end of whatever that possession was. That's probably all he played. He was fine. Matt made a good observation. He texted me, he said, does he look smaller out there? And I think part of it's our team is a lot bigger when you have a guy like Jabari out there. We didn't even have a guy close to Walker Kessler out there last time, but not only does he look a little shorter, which is fine. I mean, last year we had to like post him up at times and we still saw this game. We tried to work it down low to him at times, but man, when you're trying to work the ball down to Jabari and Walker Kessler, and then you see Flanagan trying to do the same moves, you're like, wow, those other guys are freaks compared to this. And when Flanagan did that last year, it made sense this year. I'm like, I don't know, but not only look a little shorter, he also looks a little less uh, muscular last year. He, he was our kind of pick every year. We have a pick of a guy that turns from like mush to, absolute steel and muscle that by the next year and that was Flanagan last year almost unrecognizable between the two years he's almost shrunk back a little bit we'll see if that affects anything or if that was from you know not being able to work out the same amount or maybe that was a choice but overall he's fine he missed a three badly at one point he scored a couple points where'd he end up at got fouled on that three yeah I didn't even I didn't see it or not but he was fine he was fine he looked he was moving around fine you hope that you kind of hope you could go 100% by LSU game because we really want to win that game. It will suck to like lose a close one and then know that the team's gotten better in the last like four or five games. But he's back, and that's the big, you know, that's the big takeaway. I mean, that's what we wanted, right? Mid mid December return, looked healthy. Within the first minute, he had a rebound, a great pass for an assist, a block. Like he and he defended. Um, Who's their guy, uh, Brown, who had 22 of their 58 points? He was a monster out there. And Flanagan did a really good job on a few possessions chasing him around. You knew he would be that Brown from uh, from the other team, from Murray State, because he's from Florence, Alabama, which you just know those guys that have that chip on their shoulder when they come back to play against their hometown kind of team that didn't recruit them or whatever. So you knew, you knew he was going to go off, and he was a menace out there. He was hard to stop. We had to, like – play some mind games at one point. Good job on Cambridge to like go get in his face and get a technical or not technical, but a uh, flagrant foul on him. So good for him on that one, even though they called it a flagrant and a flagrant's like a foul that you're supposed to be like kind of doing a basketball move, but you 
are too intense about it or like you, you know, didn't make the correct move, like as an actual basketball move, he just straight pushed them. That's a technical. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know how that's even like a basketball move at all. So. Cambridge was, he baited him and he sold it. I mean, I, I give Cambridge a lot of credit for that. Like you said, you know, you kind of got to, you're okay with some fouls at some points against guys like that, just to show that we're, you know, we're physical, we're an SEC team. Um, and I did, again, this is another one of those games. He played 36 minutes out of 40. It felt like the later the game went on, the quieter he was because we were throwing everybody, all of our guards chased him at different points in the game. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like we had Zep on him early maybe, and Zep yep. got blown by a couple times, which is uh, sad to see because he's been such a lockdown guy. And I think two games in a row, oh. we've had that great point guard do that to him. And then this game also. So it sucks to see that he was like that lockdown guy, but that's just going to happen against good players. You know, yeah. you can't lock these guys down all game long. And you hope that with the depth that Zep's still fresh to lock these guys down later. Another thing with Flanagan that before we move on from him, is going to be how he gels with this team. It was interesting to kind of see like if he was going to force the issue or how we're going to work the ball to him, or if we're even going to work the ball to him. Cause I mean, early in this game, we looked like maybe not the very first part of it, but midway through the first, we were really feel like we were gelling. We were making some no look passes and stuff underneath the basket to wide open guys. Like I was texting Matt, this team is gelling. It's been great to see with how with four new starters, how much we gelled. Then we bring Flanagan back in who should be a ball dominant guy, the kind of guy you're looking for. But then you're watching Wendell drive past guys and score. Yeah, you still have KD out there. It's very exciting. You're still trying to work the ball, the, the ball to Walker Kessler. Of course, you're trying to get the ball at Jabari. Jabari's got the green light from anywhere at this point. So when are we trying to work the ball to Flanagan? Like we have to watch the lineups because there's always going to be at this point, which is amazing to have. There's always going to be two guys in the, the kind of guys you work the ball to. You're, you might have Wendell and Flanagan, and then Wendell can go do his thing half the time. Sure, he's the point guard, but he might just go drive the ball. You can have a KD in, which he's not been playing great, but he's still the kind of guy that can go get great points, Jabari, Walker. There's always going to be two of those guys in. So it'll be interesting to see over the span if Flanagan takes a back seat or if he really tries, or if they really try to like halfway through SEC play, make it a point that, no, this is a first round kind of guy. He's the one that needs to take it over Wendell or you know, whoever else, you know. To me, the interesting part and the, the value of a guy like Alan Flanagan back is, you know, the way they did it today, we'll see how it fluctuates. We were texting about all the different lineup options Bruce now has with these 11 guys, 12 if you count stretch, you know, so a lot of, a lot of <laughs> options. Well, you know, Bruce talks about after the game, like everybody better stay ready. Chris Moore did not play meaningful minutes tonight because Lior got the backup uh, mm -hmm. small forward minutes over him, but we're an injury or foul trouble away from stretch playing meaningful SEC minutes from Chris Moore playing meaningful minutes. I get you. So I think we'll play some, some smaller lineups with uh, Jabari and Jalen Williams if we get in foul trouble, but guaranteed Kentucky game, there will be foul trouble. It's every year. I told Matt this, that we need to do like a uh, breakdown of how many more fouls we have during Kentucky games every year. Our centers are in trouble. So I guarantee Walker and uh, Caldwell Caldwell. Cardwell, Cardwell, sorry, Cardwell. I've been called out. It's Cardwell. <laughs> it's been two years of me saying it incorrectly. So Cardwell, they're going to get in foul trouble and stretch my play, but I guarantee, or I think for sure Jalen and Jabari will just move back in there. So we'll see how much stretch actually plays. Good point. I, I thought it was interesting that Flanagan played basically the backup uh, two. The two and three are very similar in Bruce's offense, that, but it, you know, he played behind KD, which means that uh, Cambridge, Lior, and Chris Moore are kind of at that three spot. And I think 
and, and they toyed with it in the second half. I, you know, they can easily roll Flanagan down there to the three to have another offensive weapon if they feel like they need that. Um, just so many options. And as long as this team stays team-centered, which I see no reason why they won't, um, it's, it's a great problem to have. So good to have Flanagan back. Um, you mentioned the seven blocks are huge for Kessler, 11 blocks. You know, I, I want to talk about the turnovers a little bit. There were two stretches in this game. I know in the first half, three straight possessions started out by my beloved Zepp Jasper, who threw it to the other team and they got a layup out of it. it made me sad. That was his one turnover, I believe. Um, or did he? He actually stayed on ratio. I texted that he probably just dropped 20 spots when he uh, yeah. threw that one turnover because it's that it's that fine of a margin when you're doing assist to turnover like that. But he's one of the best in the country, so you hate to see any really bad ones like that. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, so he had one, Jabari had a terrible pass, and Cambridge had a terrible pass right in a row. And, and to me, to be fair, I was really impressed with Murray State's uh, physicality. I was impressed with their basketball approach. Like, they were that, – that's a good team that could easily be in the tournament. So I want to give them credit. But for – again, it just speaks to this team. To me, this was almost like a 20-turnover game watching it. It's like, man, it just seems like we're turning the ball in 13, which – I'd have to look at the stats, but I feel like last year's team averaged 14, 15, 16 a game. And I don't even know if we've come close to that this year. Um, so we were due for like five to 10 turns just straight from the point guard trying to get the ball up the court. So we can kind of take those out automatically and have regular turnovers just off passes and like getting stripped going to the basket. You know, um, we, we so let's up tying them 13, 13 on turnovers. So yeah. Yeah, it's great when you can break even, even when you feel like you've kind of given a lot away. We get spoiled because Auburn always forces turnovers by the other team, it seems like, no matter who they are. And you mentioned rebounding. That's the key to this game. They lost by 19 against St. Louis, scrapped, found a way to one, find a way to win, sorry. And then tonight they won by 15. Um, and I thought that Murray State team was pretty uh, – they weren't as tall in the front line. Not many teams are, but uh, – they're pretty physical, and I, I didn't feel like many rebounds were easy. I think Auburn had to really work for those. You made a great point about I really think there was a concerted effort for the big guys to box out and the small guards to kind of make sure you stay home, get the rebound, and then go. Um, I think you really saw that play out tonight. You want to talk about – I'll give you two pass. I want to talk about both of them, but you can choose. Do you want to talk about Jabari's jump shooting, or do you want to talk about KD and the future of this lineup with KD? <laughs> um, I mean – one's more fun to talk about than the other um Jabari let's do both I mean Jabari uh is becoming uh, he is over he's 50 percent in his last 40-ish threes which is incredible for a guy at his side I mean it really is NBA elite stuff he's he's getting hand in his face on a lot of these too I mean, the way these- he rises up on his threes he's contested but by the way by the how quickly he gets up and how much taller he is than the guy guarding him it almost opens up immediately just by him jumping he turns into an open three now I wish he would take slightly more actual open threes and pass that ball as contested but when he can do that what are you gonna do you know and part of the jump shot I was talking about was not only his threes but he frustrated me a little bit with this crazy thing because he's such he has one of the best jump shots from like inside the three-point line they've ever seen and he keeps making them so what are you gonna say makes those all year I'm never gonna complain I guess but also I want him to drive the ball and he did in the second half once or twice, but he keeps having this tendency where he's on the three point line and he goes to drive the ball, gets stopped or cut off and then does like a turnaround jump shot. Well, it keeps going in. So it works, but it's not like a high percentage shot. It's not the shot you want. 
And we also need him to go collect fouls too and go get that three-point play. And he's not doing it. So I don't know, like, when you start pushing that or is jump shot so good, why push it? I don't know. Uh, great point. He's not finishing as much around the rim as you would think if it's not a dunk. Um, it's hard to complain about it. it. I am curious. He did a good job holding his own tonight. Um, there were guys who were kind of trying to rough him up a little bit in out-of-bounds plays and, and going for rebounds. He, he stood up to that okay. Uh, I am curious against SEC teams, you know, how does he do inside? I thought one of the biggest standout things for me from this game was um, put him in the post a couple times, and both possessions were just beautiful, got great shots. It wasn't necessarily for him, but it just opens everything up because everybody pays attention to him when he's within 10 or 15 feet of the basket. So I love seeing that development. Him and Kessler both got post touches, which are hard. You, you hardly ever see it anymore. And it, they were all productive tonight. They're really coming together. Those post touches too. We've talked about in Bruce's offense, we've had issues getting the ball to big guys before we, we talked about Wiley so many times, how hard it was to get to him. But you're seeing, I think partially twofold. I think we're getting a lot better at it. Wendell's getting some really good passes now. The rest of the team is Jabari's tall, so he can get some really good passes into Kessler. Jabari's tall, so we can go the other way around where he can throw it up to him. Uh, another interesting thing, though, is their hands. We talked about Wiley so many times. Walker Kessler's catching some really good stuff and finishing it, too, like immediately. No putting – we talked about the first game or two. He put the ball down a couple times and tried to do, like, backed up dribbling. Rarely do we see that at times now. He, he might put the ball down one time, but so many possessions he's scoring – catching alley-oops or getting a one one step into the dunk his hands are great he's got some really good bag of tricks too down there where he keeps making good moves and doing like uh hooks and things that are really pretty and even when they don't go in you almost always feel like but that was good like that was a good possession that was a good shot you know and Jabari's just so athletic down there once he gets down there usually his guy's smaller than him and he's just too athletic for him you wish like this is kind of stuff that kind of like builds up in the game and when he's scoring it doesn't matter but at the end of the game if you could look up and he got three or four fouls on someone and had a you know and one situation a couple times that builds up eventually and so he's scoring with these jump shots and he's scoring even down low on these finesse plays but you wish he would embrace the contact and get some of those and ones and put fouls on other people we hold him to such a high standard you know he's amazing we just know he can do even more. We want to see it all, you know? Yeah, and again, he's, what, uh, 10 or 12 games into his college career. So, you know, very possible that by game 35, um, we're seeing more of that. Uh, it'll be interesting. Again, like any freshman, it'll be interesting to see how he handles conference play. One more note on him. They went to a zone. I don't know how a team is, unless they just have a terrific zone, is going to play zone against this Auburn team because you literally just put Javari in the middle, get in the ball and he is going to finish or make a pass to an open shooter. We know how lethal, you know, a lot of these guys can be from three point range. It, it Syracuse, you know, really had no shot uh, and they play one of the most vaunted styles of zone defense. I just think it, it's really going to limit other teams. There have been Auburn teams in the past that you throw a zone at them and it's just not good. You know, it doesn't seem like you get great shots, but with Jamari, it's just so easy. It's like a cheat code. What what is what is old miss play that's just frustrated the hell out of us for years? One three one, a one three one that drops into something else. It's kind of extended out, and that that'll be a great matchup to to think about. Luckily, luckily they lost to Sanford earlier, so hopefully that's a sign of how good they are. Like Sanford yeah. from Birmingham, Sam for. Doesn't I mean anything though. 
I mean, that, yeah. that's so standard in college basketball, but you're right. And and that'll be a great thing to watch for. That I'm going to mark that down as my pregame thought for Ole Miss when we get there. Frank, Frank Martin seemed to have Bruce's uh, number for a little bit there, but I think we've broken through how to play rough against Frank Martin teams. But Ole Miss's Kermit Davis has had our number for a little bit. We yep. just end up passing the ball around and taking contested threes all game and shooting terribly away. So it'll be interesting to see how we do against that. I did have talk about like, – so Okay. Yeah, one more. Walker, I mean, uh, you know, think about where we were three weeks ago. You, you know, you had a lot of comments about, like, man, is Walker, like, is he going to get it? Is he going to be a threat on offense? He, he, again, led the team in scoring or tied with uh, Wendell Green, one ahead of Jabari tonight on seven shots. He only took seven shots. So, like, the efficiency Walker's playing with offensively, you mentioned the moves. I just wanted to point that out. Like, we haven't really talked about it, but Walker tied Wendell in points and was really effective on offense, which is – we got to note that for where we were a month ago with him. That's a good point. Maybe, maybe you can make a good case for him to be MVP instead of Wendell, just by the fact that he's <laughs> both. He's tied the, it's it's both. it's a he might we might as well. I don't want to like do that every time, you know, because that's I think it's going to happen so much. Like it's almost more interesting to talk about having to make the actual yeah. final decision, you know. But because Walker, you know, we talk about the rebounds with Wendell and the scoring window and the half court shot or whatever. But the impact Walker has on the game on defense is insane. I mean, you talk about seven blocks, but it's not just seven blocks. Like, people are scared to go down there on top of them. And how many times, I mean, we've, we've seen plenty of big men in our time or whatever. Like, sure, Walker's an inch or two higher or whatever. But the, his blocking technique to not get a bunch of fouls on him, to not body these guys is really impressive. And so to, like, have that and then the rebounding on top of that and the points now – that he's like really like leading the team down low when we really need it. You know, hopefully Flanagan comes in and kind of gets more bodied up uh, scoring going. Jalen actually had a really good game on some of that today, but Walker. Uh, One more thing. Sorry. One more thing about Walker. I think we just have to talk about like Walker seems like the nicest dude in the world. Like he'll block somebody and go help him up. He always like asks the ref, like, Hey, what if he gets a foul called, he wants an explanation. He's like, Oh, I got you. Even if it's total crap from the ref, you know, he, and he, he'll look over at the bench. He's really, like, accepting, it seems like, of coaching. He just seems like a genuinely, like, cool dude in addition to his endurance and his skill set. And, it, like, but he is – I mean, I've been calling him elite for two weeks. He is an elite rim protector. I mean, I, I don't know really anybody – you'd have to go back to some Kyle Davis, Mamadou Njai stuff with Auburn basketball to even find someone in the right stratosphere as him. Yeah, he's he's playing amazingly, and I think I put it on Instagram. I don't know if we actually mentioned it in the podcast so far. We are leading the nation in block shots. I don't know if it's block shots per game or overall block shots. It's probably both. I'm sure at this point. How impressive is that, man? And so much of his Walker Kessler. Sure, Jabari's getting a good amount of blocks too for where he's at. A couple other guys are really doing well, but it's mostly Walker's just leading the way, man. And that is just, I would love to see our stats in the past. Like I know we've gotten some good block shots, the best, but. It's so much fun to watch. It's it's great. I love it. What's your KD take? What's your KD? Well, I, know take? We, I know we wanted to keep it shorter, but uh, KD's just not playing that well. He's turning into a turnover machine. He had four turnovers tonight. He shoots stuff that's bad shots. Uh, he's not getting the Hamburglar moments anymore. Uh, I mean, I'm, I still think he can. Like it's just becoming a trend, which is sad because the trend was how great he was playing, and it was becoming a KD fan podcast. So it's just something to watch. And the biggest thing to watch was I texted Matt this. Uh, Bruce does not like to change his starting lineups. Matt's talked about that a bunch of times. But he changed the starting lineup to start the year to put KD in. Well, now Wendell has just turned it around completely. You know, Wendell was having some issues, and that's why KD came in. And really it was KD who was playing so well. 
But Wendell's playing so well at this point, you wonder what it would take to get Wendell back in. Five games of this uh, and one more game. Like, how frustrated is Bruce with KD right now? Like, where do we put KD in the team right now? Does, you know, you looked at the minutes to see that Chris Moore lost a lot of minutes. Lior's still playing. Cambridge is still playing with Flanagan's in. Does KD start losing minutes maybe with Flanagan in, playing the two position more? I don't know, but it, it'll be something interesting to watch. No doubt. Um, I, it was great to see him hit a rhythm three. It was garbage time at the end, but it's the most comfortable I've seen him look on a normal, like, jump shot. And I think that's a good sign. I, I, we wondered out loud when he was getting so many steals and attacking the basket so effectively. Uh, people have scouted him now and made adjustments, I think. And he's not getting some of those calls, which is always the risk when you play that aggressive of a style. Like sometimes you're not going to get the call. And when you don't, there's this weird basketball thing where you have to look like competent and know what you're doing to get a good call a lot of times. And that's what we talk about Samir all the time is that great example from the one year to the next year when he took that huge jump. Like the first year, he looked very tentative. He looked like he didn't necessarily belong going in the lane in the SEC. Never got a call ever. Um, second year, more confident, more assertive, just looks the part better. Um, and KD does at times, don't get me wrong. And there are going to be games in the long SEC grind where KD brings the energy, the chaos, the Auburn basketball that we need to see. So he's going to be a crucial part of this team regardless. And he should be, and he deserves to be. But I, that, that to me is one of the big storylines with Flanagan coming back with, uh, Zepp had a terrible, probably his worst game of the year tonight, but it doesn't matter because you have so many other options on this team again. So how does KD deal with that? And he just needs to not press. I feel like he's been pressing a little bit. He had reached such a level of almost cult hero over the last few weeks when he was playing that well. Um, I, I think he'll settle in, but it's, it's been a bumpy last, what, four or five games probably. We can go through some pregame notes real quick. I know we wanted to keep this one yep. shorter, but uh, I'll just get you, I'll let you go quickly on both of ours. So here's yours and just give me a quick, like, yeses and nos or whatever. And I won't comment on it, but uh, how does Alan Flanagan look in his first action back from injury? thought he looked, uh, he looked like himself. The shooting is going to take a minute, uh, but it looked like his legs were good. He looked athletic. I was happy with him. Can Auburn extend their non-conference home winning streak to 39 games against a quality team? Totally just put that in there so we could give that again. There's one more home game against Oklahoma in the SEC Big 12 Challenge later this year, but 39 straight home non-conference wins that goes back four or five years. Shout out to the coaches and the players who have made that possible. That's awesome. We just talked about how good of a team Murray State is. Huge to keep that streak going. And shout out to the Jungle student section and the alums that did not act their age tonight and got into the game. That was the thing Bruce said. That, he's that was my third one, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it my third one? Oh, it is your third one. Sorry, I shouldn't even comment it. Will the crowd be electric with most students gone in an early 5 p.m. tip? It wasn't electric, but it was really good uh, for the 5 p.m., the holidays. Um, students have been off for, what, two weeks now? I know there's a lot of local kids still, but uh, it was a good crowd. Um, you didn't notice it being bad. Let's put it that way. And that to me, that's a win. And again, just this... Bruce and his staff, they just get it. They get how to market it. They get how to make people aware of things they need to be aware of. There's there's some talk online about empty seats in the stadiums nice because tickets are going for crazy numbers. People really want to go, and yet there still seems to always be a couple empty seats here and there in these weekday games. I'd love to hear if they come up with a solution on uh, how to fill up those seats. Look, it's clearly like people with season tickets and businesses yeah. and stuff, and people just can't make it to a 5 p.m. tip on a Wednesday if you live in Birmingham or you live in – 
anywhere within like an hour. So I hope they figure out a way to but let look, them share those tickets. You know, you have season tickets. Like, you, you know, you're making this financial investment. To me, that's just, it, it's always been bad at Auburn. I, you know, from the time we were there, when I started, it was bad. Even when the basketball was bad, even when there were big games, it would be half full in the scholarship section. It's gotten better. Still needs to get better for us to like get to that next tier. Like if you have season tickets, give them to someone. If you're not, I don't know why you wouldn't be selling them, sell them. Yeah, they're going for a lot of money at this point. That you, There's really no excuse at this point with StubHubs and Ticketmasters and different stuff doing reselling. I know some people are not as tech savvy, but if you made enough money to have season tickets in these nice sections, I'm sure you have an assistant or a daughter or somebody that can like do that. <laughs> and they, I guess people really don't care about the money, honestly, if they're making that much to do that. But, you know, hopefully we push that a little bit. But anyways, I'll do mine real quick. Can we win the turnover battle against a team with a good turnover plus minus? Uh, read that they had a pretty good plus minus. It was even. So that kind of showed, I think, that Murray State does a good job. Both teams had 13, which is a kind of it's a slightly lower number. I don't know what the average number is, but I feel like I've kind of pushed teams to do 15 plus a lot of times. And that's when we're really like taking it to them and they didn't go 15 plus. So that's good. Uh, can we slow down their hot three point shooting? Uh, let's see. They shot 38% from three. So a little here and there, but they didn't make that many sevens, not so crazy. So that's all right. We did slow them down a lot in field goal percentage. They had one of the best field goal percentages in the nation. I think they were fourth in field goal percentage in the nation at like above 50%. Maybe we kept them at a 33%. Now they missed a lot of weird stuff. They missed some, they missed a dunk at one point. They missed some things. So sometimes the ball's going your way. They missed a lot of free throws. They were 61% from free throw to our 75%. So good job on our defense. Good things went our way at times, you know. And the last one is Ken Allen playing and play meaningful minutes in his debut. I don't know if I would say, sure, he was in there during meaningful time. Yeah, he made some good plays. I'm going to say yes. He only played, I don't know how many minutes he ended up playing. Well, if you have that stat up, but. I think it was 12. Well, that's, that's about how much he wanted to play this game. So he did good. He didn't blow anybody away. He wasn't like a didn't come in as Superman right away, but that's okay. He looked fine. He didn't look hobbled or anything. So I'm happy about it. And just to set expectations, um, Bruce said after the game, you know, the idea is like you play 12, you play 16, you play 20. So it's going to be a multiple week buildup for him just to make sure he doesn't have any negative, you know, reactions to playing at game speed and all that. So I would imagine he'll continue to, you know, we're probably looking at a few more games of him coming off the bench. Um, I actually just pulled this up. I was curious with minutes, you know, we talked about Wendell and, you know, Katie Johnson, Zepp and Wendell on average have played within one minute of each other per game, the same, like 24, 25 minutes, no matter who's been starting, no matter all that. And that's why I, I don't know if that'll be a huge deal, but you'll obviously see Flanagan um, getting up to that number. And I think the most fascinating thing, like we've talked about already is who's, how, how does that impact others? And what does that look like for the rotation? Surprise Cardwell so low. I know Kessler's up there, but a big guy like Kessler, you would think would play less minutes. You know, we usually try to limit those kind of guys and Cardwell's pretty low on there. He's next to stretch between Leor and stretch. So we love Cardwell. Cardwell. Sorry. Someone called me out online for pronouncing his name incorrectly all this time. Uh, I don't know. He's, he's doing fine. He's got some dunks. That's uh, a testament to Kessler. Because what have we not talked about with Kessler all year? Maybe one time. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All his blocks and the amount of time he's playing, I, I really believe he has surprised the coaches 
and it takes away from Cardwell's minutes a little bit because Kessler's so good. You got to keep him in there. If you can keep him in, you keep him in because that's all that he alters everything in the game. And every time he's out, people talk about how the game changes completely. They're going to drive the ball more on us and everything. So Cardwell is a good player too. I really think that four years of Cardwell is going to be one of those guys we really, I mean, we've already loved him to death because of the memes and the dancing and the like how he's embraced the lifestyle of Auburn. But I think four years of him playing will be great too. I, I have two things, and I'm done with this game. We can go wherever direction you want. We, we did mention Jalen. I do want to give it – Jalen led the team in scoring in the first half with nine points. He looked really comfortable. Um, I, I just – I always want to point that out because that's there, and uh, you're not seeing it. Jabari leads the team in minutes played. He's going to play the most minutes of anybody on this team, and he, he deserves it. But Jalen's not bad. Jabari was like one three – or not Jabari. Uh, Jalen was like one three or one dunk or one more play array from us, like talking about him for – a meaningful yep. amount in this podcast. I think he even shot a three that I literally thought in my head, if he makes this, it's going to be a good game. And he missed it. And you yeah. look at the stats and you're like, he, he was fine. He didn't make the impact you thought. Like when he started the way he did in the first half, if he continued that, we would be talking about how Jalen, like good, yeah. good for Jalen, glad he can like pick it up when other people put it down. Uh, so one, one play away, that's all it is. One bounce away, you know. He made one, and he had two wide-open ones that he just missed. If he makes them, he leads it the looks, scoring. It looks good when he shoots. I don't know what his three percentage is for the year. It looks good, but it's just not It's not going down the way I hoped it would. Walker made one, too. we got to always point out when Walker hits a three, he was uh, one for two. One for two three. You, hope he, you hope he sticks around for another year and, and learns that three, but the way he's playing, I know that's not the kind of style that the NBA is really playing right now, but he's just too much of a freak. Basketball nerd, basketball nerd moment. You ready? We need music for that. Um, the coolest thing I saw that didn't work. I've never seen Bruce do this in all the years. Maybe somebody could point out when he has, and uh, maybe I missed it. But uh, you remember with Sharif and Jared, we just all in, in last game, right? The alley-oop, the middle ball screen up at the top with the alley-oop towards the goal, right? Yeah. Um, really, this was the the Jared Harper, Anthony Macklin, Anthony Macklemore play. We ran that, but we did it with Devin Cambridge at the center to take mm. the role. It didn't work, but I have never seen that before, and it got me really excited, and I just wanted to point it out on the podcast. I mean, that's that's Cambridge's game. He either shoots the threes or he gets the alley-oops, and that's it. And uh, so, like, sure, run the plays to him. He's uber athletic. The announcers during the game, that play didn't work out, and they, like, said a, a decent point that – he couldn't finish the ball, but he tried to like throw it at the goal. Basically, he should have just called it and reset the play. But, you know, we can work on that. And it's just good to have him playing well at times and feeling like he can be dangerous. He always seems to shoot two or three threes to start the game. I guess it's like maybe Bruce and his way of being like, listen, you know, I'm good for like one 30 point game a year where I'm just hot. So let me test it out at the beginning. If it's not working, I'll draw it back, you know. Um, yeah, I just want to play that. It was a cool basketball nerd moment. Uh, and that and Jabari getting multiple touches in the post. Were, were, we clearly had some special things for this game that we were messing with. So that was kind of cool. really a trend. And I, I think part of the trend of trying to get Jabari down there is he's usually bigger than his guy down there. And he's just super athletic. So you want to work the ball to him down there. But part of this, too, is that we need him to drive more, like we talked about earlier, and get some of those fouls on guys and, and kind of get in the body of it. And so I think that's part of Bruce's being like, well, if you're not going to take the drives to them, we will set you up down there to do those kind of plays. And so they're working it down there and it's working. So how about one more? I, I'm just, I know I'm throwing stuff out. Sorry. Bench no, it's points. great. It's great. Bench, bench points. We talk about our depth and athleticism all the time, right? It was at one point 30 to two in bench points. It ended up 32 to nine. So again, <laughs> just playing 11 guys, which we did tonight. Um, that is just, 
it, it's special. I don't know if, you know, I don't want people to take it for granted that you have this many guys that you can play and feel good about. It just wears people when you combine that with our style of play. It's just a, it's a, it's a great match. And that's why I think we all feel like the ceiling's really high. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, that we have an SEC preview coming up next podcast. We're very excited about. So we'll, we'll start wrapping this one up and uh, talk more SEC basketball. We got some guys that are coming on that talk about uh, some different th- aspects of Auburn basketball, some expertise, some, some fandom kind of stuff. Uh, shout out to my Gosling's rum eggnog, the unofficial sponsor of the podcast. Uh, that's been enjoyable during this and we're enjoying every game. Uh, we, me and Tip Matt were texting this entire time from Saturday to Wednesday, just saying, I'm just waiting for the news to come out that we have COVID on the team and this game gets canceled or whatever. It'll be the same for this LSU game where I'm just holding my breath for the LSU game. So enjoy what we got. Enjoy a game like this. I think some people take for granted these big 15, 20 point at a conference uh, wins. They're fun. We have a team that's great. We're probably, hopefully going to be top 10 at the next poll, I guess that'll be, uh, I don't know when the next poll comes out, next Sunday? Monday, Sunday, Monday, yeah. Okay, so at this point, the way it's looking, we'll probably be top 10, even though I thought we'd be top 10 before that. So just enjoy that we'll probably start hopefully getting the hype as like the lead team in SEC. Absolutely. Um, I'm glad we've made it to SEC play. I keep saying this is a ring-chasing team. Um, we're going to talk a lot more about that. Like like Jackson said, we got a couple guests coming on. hope you all will enjoy that. We're going to do our own talk about the, the schedule and just what this season looks like. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm ready to go, man. I, I think the SEC is wide open with a bunch of good teams at the top, maybe not an elite team, which I think is great. I think it's going to be a fun season. Like you said, hopefully COVID um, will, will not derail it too bad. I'm sure there will be maybe some delays and cancellations, but it seems like the NCAA is going to do everything in their power to, um, not lose that money from the tournament again. So I, I do think there's going to be a push to, to finish this thing out, but we'll, we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. I, I guess I don't think we'll, we might put out that SEC preview for your Christmas, but probably the day after Christmas. So uh, thanks for listening where we love just getting on here and talking to you guys and uh, War Eagle. War Eagle.